share with me and get to know me. Working within it so that you can trust You gotta them. be able to produce things. Okay. And I'll tell you why that production is so important. But before we go that, how do you use those two pieces of equipment? You- success is not necessarily financial, but success is when you feel fulfilled in what you're doing. And then to other women, they need to know their value, their worth. But, but I believe um, everything that you put your mind to and you achieve is success. Give us um, all the stuff. Okay, I'll answer all 16 of those questions right now. I started uh, in the music business at Sony while I was still... Renee Hastings, and I'm your host of Renee Speaks. Y'all, I am so excited about today's show. It is going to be amazing. And do you know why? It's because our guest is Angelique Hamilton. She is a visionary entrepreneur with over two decades of expertise in healthcare, nonprofits, and startups specializing in HR leadership, DEI, and coaching. As CEO of the HR Chic Group, she transforms businesses, equipping them to excel in today's business market. Beyond her entrepreneurial role as consultant, she's a sought-after coach, and she fosters inclusive cultures and enhances leadership, shaping a future that values diversity and inclusion. Y'all, put your hands together for Angelique. Hello, hello. How are you? Doing great. Good, good, good. I'm so excited to have you on the show. Thank you. Yeah, I, you know, when I heard about what you do in the DEI space, I was like, so many entrepreneurs need to know how to navigate this well, because it's becoming more and more and more important, certainly in corporate America, but even mm-hmm. as solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, small business owners, doesn't matter. It's going to impact everybody and we need to know how to do it right and how to capitalize on the benefits of it and navigate any circumstances or situations where it might not be as welcomed in some situations do you understand what i'm saying right exactly it's very important uh more important now than ever yes yes absolutely so angelique go ahead and tell us and walk us through your own personal journey how you got to this particular place and time as a subject matter expert in this HR and DEI space. 
Yeah, so it's been an actual long journey. I started in human resources um, from the ground up as an intern. I've um, actually had, I've actually navigated through every level of human resources um, known uh, from an intern to an analyst, assistant, manager, supervisor to director and executive level. And it's important to me um, as I came through that full journey is to really create and build cultures where everyone feels welcome. So it's been over 20 years. I've been in various um, industries, supporting various industries. And so now I'm at a, a, a crossroads where I own my own firm and support individuals in their own companies so that they can create great cultures too. So no longer that entrepreneur, now an entrepreneur. That's right. Excellent. I, I love that. And I love that you are all about helping uh, entrepreneurs be successful and create cultures that right. welcome everyone, that welcomes everyone. So how does, so we'll just get right into it. How does having an inclusive culture contribute to organizational success? Why is it so important? Yeah, well, you, you can see um, it's been ever so mo most important over the last probably four years since the uh, pandemic. Um, we saw the great resignation. Uh, we saw the great return to work. And now it's the great layoff. So there's been mm -hmm. so many different cycles where individuals are deciding to leave organizations no longer just for pay. It's for the culture. Um, mm -hmm. There's so many toxic cultures. You see it in the news where a CEO may lay someone off, you know, over, you know, a Zoom call, Skype call. Um, so it's very in ingenuous in terms of really trying to uh, support employees and employees don't feel like they're truly supported. Uh, so it's so important to build a culture, even if you have two employees, that they feel appreciated, recognized, and that they can contribute to and lean their skills and their talents to helping you to achieve your goals. Right. Absolutely. That's so important. I think sometimes that the culture of a company is more important than the actual tasks being assigned to, to an employee. Right. Like, like it all, the, the atmosphere that you set, yes. the atmosphere that you create, that will live on longer <laughs> after <laughs> this person has been with your company than what you had them do. It does. Your yeah, your culture actually uh, precedes, and all oftentimes it actually speaks for you as a uh, business. I mean, many of us can cite off the companies that we feel are not great companies because of our experiences as customers and the way that we've seen employees treated um, in the public space. So it's so important right now that we're in a stage where employees have to be valued. They are the ambassadors for your company. They are actually serving your customers. So it's so important to appreciate, recognize, and do the right thing in supporting those employees. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. But then, okay, so I know that um, this may not have I'm been on our <laughs> preliminary questions, but I'm thinking about a situation that someone I know is in. Mm -hmm. And while we value our employees, we stress the importance of showing them how valued they are. What do you do when they start taking advantage of that? And maybe like not even showing up for work. 
Yeah. So <laughs> besides that, I mean, of course, you're you're to appreciate those employees who are contributing, but there's no excuse for not really um, calling out poor performance and bad behaviors. Uh, in order to be a very high performing cu culture, you have to have those high expectations. So that high performance plus the behaviors. So when you have individuals like that, um, I think we're in a space now that sometimes the employee may not be taking advantage of the employer, but may not be as transparent on what's happening personally, because most employees do not want to share, you know, what's happening personally. They may be taking care of, you know, loved ones, or they have caregiving duties and not sharing that out in the open, or there could be a health issue that could be impacting them. So it's so important for that leader, that manager to have that one-on-one -on -one conversation with the employee just to get a gauge on what's happening behind the scenes, you know, what's causing this behavior. Because probably at once this person was a high performing employee and worker. So you need to try to diagnose on what's um, impacting this individual from achieving those results. Right, right. Yes, uh, agreed, one hundred percent. And um, and that was exactly the situation. So mm -hmm. I just became aware of this, and I was like, it, it just seems so mind-boggling to me that you know someone who has a a role, a position in a company, just decided I have this personal thing I'm dealing with, and I'm just not going to show up for <laughs> <laughs> work, even though they were already on a on a what do you call that one? Uh, a performance plan. Yeah. Performance yes. Plan. Yes. That yeah. <laughs> she, she, was, she was already on one of those. So anyways, I, I 100% believe in the value of an amazing corporate culture and an amazing culture, even within my own business as a, mm -hmm. an entrepreneur and as a business owner, um, i we meet with our team, you know, twice a month and we have a whole it's like we start the meeting with tell me something good. And then we also share kudos from clients when our clients say amazing things about them and share, just openly share with the whole team um, all these praises and accolades that we get from our clients. And um, uh, we have a culture that's a collaborative culture. So people don't feel alone or isolated, even though we're remote. Um, they have a team that they can count on and that is there for them and, and there for their success. So um, I understand that so well, and I really appreciate what you do to help you know other companies like mine see the value of uh, creating a culture where employees or even the contractors want to work with you and see you succeed and help you succeed um, right. as part of a team. Like, uh, and, that, and that helps um, as a business when you have employees who care about not only the culture and the work, they actually mm -hmm. share that with their friends. And, you know, Gallup reports that if an employee would recommend that job or that role to a friend, that you have high engagement and connection with your employee. So you're doing the right things, you know, with the frequent communication, uh, the recognition. Employees often cite that they're not being recognized or appreciated. Oftentimes, it's not just, you know, all about money and compensation and benefits. That's important. But they mm -hmm. want to know that you appreciate the work that they're doing. Um, so even as a small business, if you have two employees or 200, 2,000, it's so important to recognize employees for what they're doing. 
Absolutely. 100%. And contractors too, right? Yes, actually, absolutely. Contractors are actually supporting you and with um, providing uh, that support, uh, that advice and whatever they're working on, if it's project based. So they're adding value to your organization too. So it's important to share, hey, Thank you for a job well, well done on that last project that you've done. I you know, hope to continue this relationship with you. And they too can share their positive experience with someone else. Yes, absolutely. Um, our company has actually grown by referrals of our current contractors to their friends. <laughs> so, uh, because I figure good people know good people. Right. So it has been an uh, amazing experience and we have the absolute best team ever, <laughs> like of anybody. That's great. That's great. I love to hear that. That's what we want to, we want to hear. <laughs> so I'm not biased, not at all. <laughs> the great employees, number one employees in the world. Number one. That's right. That's right. So Angelique, I guess getting back on track here. Um how can organizations or small businesses genuinely embrace diversity and foster inclusivity in their culture? Uh, well, I will tell people that it's not a, um, you know, a nice to have. Oftentimes when I'm working uh, with different clients, they're like, well, we want to do this diversity thing. Well, diversity isn't a thing that is core and center of what you do as an organization. So you have to have a very diverse, inclusive organization that's representative of the customers and clients that you're serving. And that starts with your recruitment. How are you recruiting? How are you actually bringing in talent to your company? Um, is it all you know solely by one person? Are you looking at different sources, different avenues, whether that's in your community, faith-based organizations, um, community-wide associations to really bring in your talent? And also if you're actually um, sourcing for supplies and the vendors that you work with, that also should be representative of having a very diverse slate. So it starts at the, at the very beginning on how you hire, how you attract talent. And once you have that talent in within your organization, how are you promoting and advancing and excelling those individuals so they too feel like they're actually moving up the chain in terms of their career? So it starts um, from day one uh, from recruitment. Oh, that's so good. That is so good. And so if anyone is having difficulty finding diverse team members, do you have a resource or a place where you would suggest they go to or how would they navigate that? Yeah. So I, I would, you know, if you're on a budget, especially as a small business, you can work with your local state agencies and they have a laundry list of different resources within your community. That's free. Um, you can actually reach out directly to those employment um, career sources, and they will actually connect you directly with those agencies within your either your city, your county, or even your state. And that way, you can actually reach out to a variety of different um, groups and associations to actually bring in that talent to your company. Wow, what a great suggestion. I had no idea. <laughs> 
Yeah, you can reach out and you can actually list your company. Oftentimes you can list your company for free uh, with your state agencies with any openings that you have and you can continue that relationship. And I think it's also important to network uh, with your local colleges and educational institutions where you mm -hmm. can also um, post your open positions and also connect with new talent. Wow, great idea. So go, going to the universities, going to the states, putting up uh, job openings there, and that will definitely help bring in yes. diverse talent into the different open roles that are available. Yes, it definitely will. And even if you don't have any open positions, it's a good way for you to get your business out there and people can see what you represent and how you're supporting your community. Yeah, yeah, that's another great idea. So, I mean, it's almost like free advertising. Yeah, I was gonna say it's free advertisement. So you, yeah, you don't have to pay for that. And then right. you build those relationships within the community. So when you do have an opening, uh, that candidate can come directly to you for that opening. Yes, I love yeah. that. I love that. So um, thank you so much for that suggestion. I mean, I just came right out. <laughs> I'm so quick. You're able to whip that right out. I mean, I'm so glad to have subject matter experts on this show who just know their stuff. You've been in this field for 20 years. You know your stuff. So thank you for sharing those golden nuggets of wisdom with us. So I'm sure in the time that you have been in, in business or been in the business world, seen all different kinds of corporate cultures, you know, business, um, small business ownership styles. Right. How do you handle it when someone isn't excited about implementing an inclusive culture or any of those types of initiatives? Yeah. So, I mean, I would say not excited, uh, may not be ready or positioned to do that right right as of yet. I think um, when I have those conversations, I share like, these are some of the things that you can do as an opportunity for improvement to really build a great company and a great culture. I think the resistance is if you own a business, you know your business, but you're a little bit over it too much. And I, I try to share with those entrepreneurs is that these individuals that you have as employees, they are supporting your mission and your vision. They truly believe in the work, whether it's a product of service. And you have to believe um, in those individuals so that they can really shine and demonstrate what they're capable of. I think it's almost um, what I run into is that there may be an entrepreneur who feels like they know enough about HR is like, oh, it's okay. You know, we, we've been doing it this way for quite, you know, a long time, but you do recognize that there are issues. You may have employee issues that are seeping up or may have become very pervasive within the workplace. And mm -hmm. that is the root of most issues within poor cultures. So I have those, um, you know, very delicate conversations uh, with those business owners to just really let them know that it's so important to hear from your employees, get feedback from your employees, whether that's through an employee survey, um, just having a one-on-one -on -one discussion. If you have a very small business, um, just like you're doing, Renee, and having those weekly and bi-weekly conversations, you'll be able to solicit feedback from your employees that can really build a plan to improve the workplace. 
Because what happens if you hear things that are happening and you're overlooking them to say like, oh, it's not that bad right now. It's okay. Mm -hmm. We'll work through it. But what will happen, it'll just kind of build upon each issue until it becomes so, so great of an issue that you have to deal with it. And at that point, it has either disrupted productivity and may have impacted your profitability, too. Wow. And that's something we do not want. We want to (laughs) negatively impact the profitability of the company. (laughs) We want to make money, not stop money. (laughs) <laughs> exactly, exactly. And that is so valuable. The The perspective that your employees bring, I mean, they are in the business, boots mm-hmm. on the ground, doing the work. So right. why wouldn't we tap them for how we can do better, how we can be better? What can it, what would it look like if we did something differently, you know, and then implemented their suggestions, you know, for making things better? Right. That just just to me seems like a no brainer. (laughs) It does. But you will find that there's often resistance um, from hearing from employees because, again, they're in like you stated, they're in the trenches. They have the boots on the ground. They know what's happening and they have some very brilliant ideas that can actually change uh, the course of the business for the better. So it's, it's great to hear those ideas and suggestions. And sometimes really leaning on those employees to leading those initiatives to make that change uh, for the better. Yeah. Oh, that part. Mm-hmm. Okay. talent and making sure that employees are really utilizing their, their true skills and their talents to the best of their ability. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, I love this because I'm thinking I'm doing well just by asking the questions or surveying them. How can we be better getting their feedback and input, but then actually allowing them to lead the initiative. That's, that's a whole nother level of uh, empowerment. Yeah. It's about empowerment and it's all about building trust that you trust the work of your employees. Um, When I see managers that micromanage, that's mm-hmm. a lack of trust that you don't really feel um, that there, there's um, credibility in that person of, of being capable of delivering that work. So it's so important to really believe in your employees and let them actually lead uh, some of those initiatives and do the work. Wow. Wow. That's a light bulb moment for me right now. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you so much for that. That is really something I definitely need to ruminate on. Yes. (laughs) Um, As much as I, you know, I, I, I love our team and I do trust them with everything. So, um, so I, I, I just hadn't done it, I don't think, up in, until this point. So I appreciate you sharing that perspective, uh, giving me, as a business owner, something else to think about for right. how we can successfully scale and grow um, mm-hmm. and, and build a culture that is one of um, where we all contribute to, to right. the success of the business. Mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. So thank you. So... So we're small. We're you know pretty. We're a smaller type company, and so when you're dealing with smaller, you know, solopreneurs or small businesses or um, smaller companies, 
how do you, what steps can they take or can we take to prioritize and cultivate an inclusive culture from the very beginning, like as a, as a rule from the very beginning? Uh, steps to cultivating an inclusive culture starts day one again. Uh, how you're recruiting. Uh, what I find with solopreneurs and very small businesses, uh, interviewing process is very informal. Um, there's random questions. You have to build a practice that's consistent. There are legal laws <laughs> that surround uh, the way that you actually bring in and onboard your talent. So being consistent on how you actually um, hire individuals into your your company i you know i've you know spoken with individuals they have varying uh, ways of how they hire what should not happen you know that's a that's a red that's definitely a red light that goes off um but it starts from day one um how you build um not only your recruitment how you post your positions are your job posting inclusive there's language that will actually dictate whether or not you're trying to gear your posting towards all men um, or leave out other individuals. And the way that you code your actual job description could reflect um, against ableism um, as where you're telling someone, you know, must stand all day long or be able to see through X, Y, and Z. So make sure that your job descriptions are representative and inclusive, that everyone has the ability uh, that can perform those essential functions to do the job. So that's so important. So it starts from day one, from your job postings, how you're hiring, interviewing, um, even how you're onboarding in terms of bringing on that talent. Is there a, a process so the person learns about the culture, how they orient with uh, new employees, how they actually learn their role? Um, mm -hmm. What I'm finding now, we're in a, a time where most companies are short staffed. So people are onboarded and they learn on their own, which yeah. can cause some issues uh, where, mm -hmm. you know, the first 60 days of a new hire will dictate whether or not that person remains with you for the next 12 months. So it's so important to really shape that onboarding experience for the first 30 days for that employee. Wow. Wow. That is so good. So good. Um, and I definitely I com completely understand, you know, the importance of consistency and the questions that you ask. Um, <laughs> so that you can't just be throwing out all these questions, you know, randomly willy nilly and ask this one person one thing and ask a different person a different thing. Right. You know, it has to be the same. Uh, so I, I do understand that. And, you know, so our systems that we have in place, so we, our pre-screening questionnaires are all the same and, and you know, for every position uh, within a role uh, that we have. So definitely yeah. get that. And it makes perfect sense to me. Um, absolutely perfect sense. Um, I did not know though about the steering language, you know, when you talked about having to be able to stand for a certain amount of time and all of that, I didn't realize so much that that was, um, could be considered discriminatory. Yeah. Ableism um, in terms of some of the language I've seen language, whereas like you should be able to see this from a distance, you should be able to do X, Y, and Z. There's some positions that require um, very specific requirements for that role. As long mm -hmm. as that person can perform that job with a reasonable accommodation, 
um, it should be written as such <laughs> that mm -hmm. that person can perform the work. Um, but there's much language um, I've seen that, you know, need young, bright um, starter that reflects ageism. So you're mm -hmm. actually excluding individuals who are not perceived as young, you know? <laughs> so you have to be really cognizant on how you're um, actually trying to attract talent uh, because you can actually um, discourage individuals from applying uh, to your organization. Right. So what are some other no-no words? I put no-no in quotes. What are some other <laughs> no-no words? I, mean, I have actually a list that I uh, share with uh, individuals that are trying to recruit. There's pretty much a laundry list. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes, there is a list. Um, but we're getting better. I, I've, I've seen some job descriptions um, that... Um, I've been really surprised about that I actually made it to LinkedIn and some of the other job boards. So it's really important to just look at the wording and the verbiage on how you're trying to attract that talent. Got you. Got you. Um, yeah. Definitely something to be more hypersensitive to now. Absolutely. Um, because so many, I think we're living in a, a very litigious time mm -hmm. where people are looking for an opportunity to sue somebody. Or right. to make life difficult for them. <laughs> and so we as small business owners, number one, can't afford that. Don't want that as for our reputation. We're still trying to get established. And so we need to take your advice for sure and be hyper aware and super mm -hmm. sensitive to these kinds of things as we're recruiting, as we're hiring, as we're onboarding, um, developing the culture, all of that. So, so, so super important. Yes. So, Angelique, just tapping in a little bit more into your uh, expertise and the uh, gray matter and, and your brain, <laughs> what initiatives or strategies have you seen bring about the most meaningful and lasting change in creating an inclusive workplace? I think the most um, lasting change that I've seen uh, infused in the, in the company is really about collaboration. Um, when you are in most organizations, you see individuals, um, they are subject matter experts and they're very siloed. So they're working independently. Um, but when I've seen the companies actually include uh, a component of collaboration where they're working across functions, they're working across departments, it actually really does create a very, uh, not only productive environment, but also inclusive environment because now you're taking individuals across the aisle to actually create synergy around one work initiative or one work goal. Uh, the mm -hmm. other piece of it too is as you're developing your talent and you're actually promoting and building skills with those individuals, I think that's important as well. And that has actually added value to creating a really inclusive and very successful organization. So it's all about developing talent, whether, you know, now we're in the era of AI. So mm -hmm. trying to upskill your talent so they have that piece of experience in the work that they're doing and actually adding value um, to their careers. Um, mm -hmm. So I think that's integral, you know, as you're trying to really develop your talent, that they're actually adding back to their careers things that can actually shape them for the future. Um, oh so God. it's evolving now, you know, the workplace is steadily evolving, but we have to be able to really support our staff members so that they're ready for it. 
Right, right, absolutely. And I, I, I love that you were talking about collaboration and basically setting our team members up for success by giving them right. opportunities to in, enhance their resumes or enhance their skill set mm-hmm. so they can build their resumes and position them for higher level roles. Right. Um, because even as a small business, you, you know, everyone pretty much stays with you for a season. That person may not want, you know, have a desire to remain as a marketing specialist, you know, for the next 10 years. But what are some things that, you know, you can do to add value to that person to really build out that next ladder in their career? Also ask if that's something that they want to pursue, if they want to stay within that same function. I've, you know, Mm -hmm. seen individuals who started in accounting and finance to say that, you know what, I'm interested in product design. I want to switch over to product design and what do I need to do to get there? So you Mm -hmm. may have that ability to have those conversations when you're meeting with your employees during the one-on-one to really Mm -hmm. seek out what interests that they have what are some of their talents and the skills that they have and how you can best utilize those skills and talents right now. Right, right. I love that. Um, listening to you uh, talk about all of these different things, I'm thinking, okay, I can check that box. Because <laughs> <Yes. laughs> we certainly do that with our team. We have uh, huddles once a week with our team members, for uh, most of our team members. And that's one of the questions that we typically ask is, you know, if there was something else that you want to do, um, where do you want to be or uh, what skill do you want to make um, to to enhance or build on? Right. Um, do you want to keep doing what you're doing or would you rather do something else? Uh, my thing is, though, a lot of times when our clients are looking for someone, they're looking for someone with the skill right now, right. not someone that basically needs to an opportunity to practice before they're ready. Do you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And, that, and that's a hard, I, I would say that's a hard blend uh, because, you know, that individual may have part of that experience, but they learn by doing. And I encourage employers to let individuals learn. Uh, they can only get better by learning. And so if you're giving them and affording them those opportunities to really learn and build that skill set, that will help in the future. Right, right. Um, absolutely. So um, definitely that goes through my mind. I actually had even thought about putting together a, a, a um, there's a program or a course type of uh, schooling that gives certifications or whatever, but you can basically take a class in your own time and learn and understand this new skill that you're trying to acquire. And then by the time you're done with this several weeks course or whatever, then they'll give you a little certificate or something. Oh, that's um, um, but yeah, it's like a learning and development type thing that I looked into before, but then got distracted as a small business <laughs> owner. <laughs> and we just haven't been able to implement it yet, but it's still on my radar as something that of value that um, will contribute to the lives of our team members, you know, when they are given these opportunities to learn and develop new skills, um, and which would open up more doors of opportunity for experience for them. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, that's good stuff. Good, good, good stuff. So I know in some corporations, there are these things called ERGs. Do you know much about yeah. them? And what do you think about those? And yeah, does that apply to small business? 
Yes. So I would say it applies to small business too. So ERGs are employee resource groups. And typically those are smaller groups that are made um, designated um, to a specific uh, need or interest. Uh, for example, if you have employees that are um, ex-military or active in the military or maybe military affiliated, they may create an ERG to connect with one another, to share their experiences. Um, you can create a, um, I guess, a whole list of ERGs to really support your employees. Um, so you, even if you have 10 employees, if you needed an employee resource groups for working parents or working caregivers, or if you wanted to create a ERG uh, for homeschoolers, I've seen so many different employee resource groups and one thing it does build, you know, we talked about creating that great culture. Again, mm -hmm. it's all about collaboration. It's about um, stewardship and really stewarding everyone together and also fellowship because employees get to connect with one another, share their real life experience outside of the four walls. And this, this really gets them uh, opportunity um, to really network and really build relationships within the company. Wow. Wow. That's really great. Um, and I'm, I'm thinking, of course, because I'm, I'm my own small business um, and I have a team, I'm, you know, I'm thinking, you know, what could that look like for us? You know, I know that we're small and, you know, different people come from different parts of the world, different um, right. situations, married, single, kids, no kids, you know, male, female, you know, there's a, there's, there's, there's a, a lot, you know, military, ex-military, you know, uh, the whole nine. So it's finding out, I think, which group, what group to create that could be the most beneficial and provide that community and that fellowship that would help build the, the culture. Yeah, and it's all about really going back to the employees, seeking that feedback on what they feel is important to them and how they would like to best connect. Um, I've also seen you know, ERGs centered around remote work. Remote work and working in a virtual setting can be a challenge for most. Um, so yeah. I've seen those ERGs created. So, uh, you know, individuals can share, you know, like it's really difficult, you know, waking up. I'm, you know, in the time zone of 4 a.m. my time when I'm speaking to you, 2 p.m. in the afternoon. And they can right. share, you know, some of those experiences. Right. And so ERG stands for Employee Resource Group. If you're a small business and you just have contractors, does that also apply? Is that even something you can do with contractors? Um. Uh, that's a, you know, a really <laughs> finite line, but you can also open it up. Like if you have events and you want to encourage them to uh, participate or if they even volunteer to participate, you could. Um, but yeah, it should be really, you know, designated um, strictly to your uh, employees. So if you're, you have contractors or individuals that you have as independent, you know, um, contractors or consultants, that would be slightly different because at that point they're not really your employee. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The, and you're not the boss of them. So yeah. per se, you know, because they're not your yeah. employees, but they are providing a service. Right. So it's a little bit different. But I, I understand the concept and I certainly um, want other small business owners to know that there is a difference and that they need to know and understand <laughs> that difference so that their contractors don't end up being classified as employees. 
Yeah, um, because once uh, you start to treat your uh, your independent contractors as employees, then at that point they're entitled to become an employee, and they're mm -hmm. offered and afforded every uh, benefit and every um, treatment that you actually provide to your current and existing staff. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Good points. Good points. So this, these are nuggets. I love this wisdom. <laughs> so good. So um, Angelique, tell me, how can organizations benefit from partnering with HR Chic Group for their HR and consulting needs? Yeah. So we actually are the resource and the one-stop shop uh, for the small business. Uh, we actually serve, our specialty is serving small businesses and startups with less than 500 employees. Um, we will come in if you're just starting your business uh, to let you know or some of the things that you should look out for as you're creating and building. One of the things that I do notice uh, with small businesses, um, HR is usually the last thing that they actually bring into the organization. And it should be one of the first things you do as right. a HR company. <laughs> uh, but they want to partner with us. They can find us uh, at our website, which is group, which is H-R-C-H-I-Q-U-E group.com. Um, we're also on all social media platforms. So LinkedIn, Facebook, um, as well as Instagram and connect with us. Um, we'll be able to really help you uh, build that great culture that you're looking for. Yes. HRChicGroup.com. Now tell me about the name. How did you come up with this name, HR Chic Group? Yeah. So I've, for my entire career, I've always been about human resources and about building best in class cultures. So uh, mm -hmm. Chic actually ties into creating that culture. And I work with individuals as a group and as a team. So it's all about building a team uh, together. Awesome. I love yeah. it. And we have your website up going through it uh, a, a little bit, scrolling through. It is a beautiful website. Um, so thank you so much for sharing that with us. And you are on all the different social media platforms. So certainly um, our audience should reach out to you. HR is not the, the last thing to think about as you're uh, running your business and being a business owner, but the first thing, because in order for you to grow your business, you need people. And you certainly want to onboard, hire, recruit, hire, onboard your people properly so that you not only set them up for success, but you set yourself up for success because you've done it right. <laughs> Yes, so. we, the right the first time we talk about that compliance too. So, you know, regardless of where you are, there's different state laws and there's also federal laws that govern how you actually hire and manage, manage your actual employees. So that's important for you. Yes, absolutely. So compliance, compliance, compliance. <laughs> documentation, documentation, documentation. Yes. Right? Exactly. Exactly. Cannot have too much. And it's uh, always better to um, have it than uh, not need it than to right. need it and not have it. <laughs> right. Because if you don't have it and they come calling, you know, mm -hmm. like, er, er. <laughs> looking around like, uh, where did I put that? <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I never had that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, definitely audience reach out to Angelique Hamilton. She definitely is your one stop shop for getting set up right the first time. 
uh, with all of your HR needs, all your DEI um, uh, matters and ERGs, and you know whatever that looks like, to create a culture that is one where your team will never want to leave. So, any final words for us, Angelique? Words of yeah. wisdom, or things that we need to think about as business owners. Yes. So, so as business owners, we're going into a new year for 2024. So it's so important to kick off the year with your compliance. Um, so if there's uh, anything that you need centered around that, we are offering um, a special um, complimentary a quick check for um, brand new startups and businesses who may need help. So if you need that, um, reach out to us. And the only quick nugget that I can share with uh, this entire group and your audience is to really focus on building a great culture focus on your employee put your employee first love it focus on building a great culture yes and um just treat your employees well treat treat them them well yeah i love it that's fantastic and in order to get to the um the document that you just referred to the uh, starting off 2024 correctly um we can find that on the website, right? Yes, it will be um, available on the website and just reach out to us and we'll be able to share that directly with you. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for your support. Remember that website is www.hrchicgroup.com. Check it out. Definitely sign up and get that document so that you can start your 2024 right. Right. All right, Angelique, this has been truly a pleasure getting to know you. Thank you so much for sharing your time, your wisdom, your knowledge, your expertise with us. It has truly, truly, truly been invaluable. So uh, definitely appreciate you. Um, Angelique, you were made for something great. So go and be awesome. 